0: One, And we are live. Welcome to our second episode of our video Corona Time podcast. Uh, we got Stephen Richie's and we got special guest, uh, newcomer, Derek Marks uh, from Abiding in Christ Ministries. How you, How you doing, Derek?
1: God bless you, Anthony. We're good. Thank the Lord.
0: Stephen, how you doing today? Doing alright. Alright, so today's episode is going to revolve around context. Now, context could be very simple, or you could go very uh, detailed and very in-depth with with context. So we're we're going to hit a few points in this uh, podcast. And pray Jesus, anybody who can be watching, whether you're a teacher in the church, or you're just looking to get a little more in-depth study with your personal relationship with the Lord, that these things we're we'll going to be talking about may help you in your in your reading and in, in your relationship. Amen? Amen. So, first question. Is context key? Amen. Is context key? Now, Derek, we always hear about context. When growing up in the church, we always hear it from, from teachers, from pastors, from ministers. But we really should have a good idea exactly how important is the context.
1: Hey man, on uh, context is key. Uh, when we study, we study context. Uh, we study the text. Context is so important. I'm gonna read you guys a couple of passages, a couple of portions of scripture, just to then have a more social context. Yeah, Uh, Why is it so important, Uh, Dick? If we don't study the context, we're messing up. Uh, We said something in our prayer before we started this. That God gives us the opportunity to talk about Him. Such a beautiful thing. And without studying context we could misrepresent this holy, blameless, pure, righteous, just God. So context is very important. Amen. Um, pachas, that context is key. Uh, Second Timothy, in chapter 3 of verse 16, that all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable. So you got to understand something. If all Scripture is inspired by God, the translation will tell that it's God-breeded. Amen? Yeah. And it also says that it's profitable. In order for something to be profitable, to have a profit, it has to be worth value. Scripture is profitable. It's a value for your life. And here's what it does. It says that it corrects you. It's profitable for teaching, for correction, for training in righteousness Amen. so it's very important to Janas, the context just to give you guys a couple of examples there's some scriptures that I'm going to read right now and maybe a lot of our listeners will learn a thing or two about how important context is uh, there's another word and I hate to do this Anthony I know we're we're on like a number deal, but uh, I want to just free talk. talk also about this uh, exegesis and this insagesis, uh, exegesis and insagesis, however I can't even pronounce it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you see that word exegesis and insegesis, the word X, the E-X in that word literally means to draw something out, to bring something out okay And the word insa Jesus is to put in is to put into to okay? add okay to add amen. So we kind of really want to stay away from the insa Jesus. We want to stay on the exegesis. we want to draw out truth we want to draw out the word of the living God. Because it's the only thing that could help us. Amen. When we add to Scripture, we can't. You see, in Jesus is when you read the text, the words on the page, when you read that, and you give your theory, when you give your thoughts, when you give your example, that's an in Jesus. that's adding. But when you're doing the exegesis, when you're drawing out what the text says, what does it mean? Amen. Yeah, very well. Uh, there's a fancy word, gentlemen, uh, and some Romana Romani uh use this word. A lot of popular churches, Gaije churches, use this word. What's it mean to you? What's it mean to you? The Kav Buddha Romker and Scripture challenges. Uh, people challenge people with scriptures, with things like his on Instagram. Uh, my favorite scripture is this and this and this. And then they'll quote the scripture, right? And then they'll say, and this is what it means to me. Yeah. I don't care what it means to you. It doesn't matter to me what it means to you. Instead, we should be asking the question, what does it mean to God? What does it mean to God
0: how how was it was it written? written to to mean
1: Amen why was it written why was the spirit of God allowing just for example Paul the apostle to write so and so so and so why not what does it mean to me it's you got to remember something it's God's book night derek's book Amen, Amen. so just for example, the, the context and why it's key, it's a famous scripture, and a lot of ministers do this. When there's only a few people in church, what's it mean to me? Remember, we just talked about Insa Jesus? When there's only ten five four three 4, 3. They use the scripture in Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, for where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, they use that scripture because this is what it means to me. Quote, unquote. Amen? Yeah. This is what it means to me. It uplifts me. It makes me feel encouraged. It makes me feel like I'm still in the will of God. It makes me feel like I'm doing right. Even though there's only a few people in those chairs where there's two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Listen to me. It sounds great. Sounds fantastic. It's a beautiful scripture. We could apply it to our lives. But it's not what it means. It's not what it means. It's not what it means to you. It's not what it means to help your feelings. No. What does it mean? What does it really mean? And if you would just back up five verses, Jesus, Matthew chapter 20, verse 15. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If one of the church members of the body sins go to him in private and tell him, correct him, show him show him what he's done if he listens to you you have won your brother back but if he does not listen to you take one or two more with you take a couple of the other believers with you So that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. To have been witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them as well, tell it to the whole church. And let him be to you as a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loosen on earth shall be loosed in heaven. After I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, and it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It's about a church decision.
0: Yeah.
1: It has nothing to do with a couple people in church.
2: Oh, and we shared that before. Yeah. Remember on the youth meetings, Anthony shared on that. We shared on that a few years ago. Derek, Olympics.
0: I uh, I heard this a lot of times, and uh, I thought, all right. So if I'm one guy in the in the car alone, God's not there. <laughs> right? But but, but God, if Stevens
1: with you, yeah, Stevens with me,
0: we're good. That that's why our partnership works out <laughs> great.
1: <laughs> but
0: god is omnipresent to That's right. god is with his people at all the time at all times and the way we use it is well oh, don't worry church we're gathered in the lord's name he is but he's always with
1: us if, if you're Amen. a born again believer he's always with Amen. you if he's gotta wait for uh me and Stephen to be to- if i gotta wait for me and Stephen to be together in order for him to be in the midst of me guess what you just forsaken me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> adil, i will never leave you or forsake you uh Unless you're alone. If you're alone, I'm not with you. Yeah. That, uh,
0: that was a good example, Derek. That was a then, good example that we hear all the time.
1: Bali, uh, just real quick on context, why it's so important. Another verse that I believe is, other than John 3.16, oh, my popular verse. Oh, my popular verse. And it's found in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. Now, Motol it says something. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Listen. And yes, God has a plan for you.
0: Not taking
1: that away. God does have a plan for you. God's plan for you was given to you by the means of his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The hope that He has given you is in His Son, Jesus. He does have a plan for you. Mm -hmm. But you see, that verse, we use that verse. I'm going to have to say this. When a marriage breaks up, and the marriage is divorced, and that person is going to wait on another marriage. Hold on, she, God don't work like that. God don't support that. He's not supporting another marriage for you. God is against divorce, isn't he? That's what the Bible tells us, but people use this verse, for I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope, good old wife, good old husband. nine. It's not what the verse says. If you read literally one verse before Dickto. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed in Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill my good word to you and bring you back to this place, Jerusalem. If you read verse 1, when it all starts, now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah, the prophet, sent from Jerusalem to the elders of the exile. So it it says it right there. On who's it for? What's it for? What's it about? So, you see, context is key. Yeah, we are talking about a holy God. We ought to read the text of a holy God, He's given us His holy word.
0: Yeah, uh, not that it's a bad thought because, yes, God, like you just said, God has a will and a purpose for us to serve Amen. Him in the world. That's right, and the only way. That we could serve him in the Lord if he gave us that hope through his son, Jesus Christ. That's we can't right. we can't serve him unless Jesus died for us. That's so right. now we have our purpose in life to serve the Lord, and that's God's plan for us. Amen. But we can't apply this, oh, well, if I'm looking to get a new truck, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11.
1: <laughs> no, it don't work like that. I didn't get the Dodge, but God yeah. has plans for me to get the Ford. <laughs>
2: Well, no, to me, it's God's will that that's His plan, His will. Let His will be done. Amen.
0: Yeah, two Amen. Uh, two good um, good images to to show.
1: Amen. How about shoes? So that's
0: kind of just I exa Jesus whatever however you want to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the text here we're seeing is. God had a plan for Israel. This was a letter right. written to them so that we, they that's would right. trust in God. But we use it when we're trying to do something in our lives. Not necessarily that the thought is wrong because God has a plan for us. That's right. But we're taking it out of the context that it's written in the Bible. So that's that's kind of the best way to explain exegesis, eisegesis.
1: That's right. Adding in, putting Adding in, and drawing in, out. Yeah. Uh, now when you when you draw out out of jeremiah twenty nine eleven Jeremiah was just for the Jewish man. listen, I makechas that all scripture is inspired by God. okay all scripture is inspired by God, Old Testament, New Testament. indeed, look at how beautiful this is when you read jeremiah twenty nine in context. Well, so God doesn't have a plan for me, I guess. That's you could get mad at that because people don't like to stay in the ex of Jesus. They like to into Jesus. They like to put in they like to put into add on, add into. Instead, let's draw out. Let's draw out God what it means to God. Amen. So if you look at this text and you read this text, it does something when you read it. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's talking to the Israelites, right? But at the same time, he is reminding. Amen? He is reminding the elders of what he's going to do. He's reminding the people... Pinker, I'm God, and I am a covenant God, and I promised that I am going to send my son, that I'm going to send a Messiah to give you a hope, to give you a future, to kill this sin, to to kill this separation that brought us together, to destroy this. So you see, we got to bring out, draw out who? God. It's his word. What it means to God, not us. So you yeah. can see now when you read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and you get to verse 12, just for example, guess what you just read? You read beautiful prophecy because God remained faithful to his word, yeah. and he sent the Messiah, and he gave the Israelites a future, and he gave us a future, and he gave us a hope, and he gave us all these things. So you see, when you exegesis the scripture, when you study the scripture, and you stay in the text and the context, and you draw out, the truth of God, the character yeah. of God, who He is, it benefits you. Amen. You see, the Isa Jesus doesn't mean to benefit you. the 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 Jeremiah twenty nine eleven quote unquote for my marriage or for my truck or for my house or for my this or for my that it doesn't really benefit you. But if you look at it with the truth, when you look at it in a godly perspective on something to glorify God, yeah. It does benefit you because it reminds you that God is a promise keeper. Yeah, and God man. promised you salvation. God promised you mercy. And he delivered it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Amen. Derek, you said something big just now. It shows you the character of God. Amen. This shows you the character of the God you're serving. That, okay, it might look bad. No good. <laughs> We're all dead. But God knows the plans. <laughs> right? and he, right. he kept that promise to his people and now we're his people in today's age. But so I'm this is this is grafted. yeah, this is the same God they were serving and we're serving the same God too. That's right. So it That's shows the you the, the the character not necessarily that, that this letter exactly applies for us, but it shows us the kind of God that we're serving that we can rely on him and Amen. trust in him when we're going through dark times. Amen. If
2: you if you look at it, it's so much more spiritual than it is That's physical. Good. It's more and if you look at it the spiritual benefits you more.
1: That's right. And it's it's so beautiful because Amende we have a saying, I'm in the K church. And we've been right now on basic theology, the study of God, the attributes of God. And I thank the Lord for it because such as, the it's the most important thing me or you could know is the character of God our Mm -hmm. saying I'm in there churches we do not need to know what God is doing in this world if we know who God is because when I know who God is I know he is sovereign I know he holds the world in the palm of his hand I know that God causes everything to work together for his purpose for, for the good of those who are called to him we understand all these things we understand that God is merciful and just and righteous and that God does everything perfect. Amen. So when we know the characteristics of God, we don't have to worry about what's going on. Amen. Instead of, Why is this happening? You know what, Deva? In my eyes, it makes no sense. In my eyes, it's it, it, it's crazy, but I know that you know what you're doing, and that is my hope. I you, put my hope in that. You got Do the I plan. Have a yeah, you're good. Well, you got all go. the
2: time you need.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we just talked about him, Jeremiah for sure. And I'm actually gonna go to his book. Look at that, quick! Thank you, Lord. So we're gonna go to Jeremiah chapter one verse first uh, chapter in jeremiah i just want to get you guys to understand the importance of knowing who this god is and uh, i don't know for him if i'm off topic a little bit
0: <laughs> no the, the here's the thing context in the bible is getting to know god because Amen. the context is God's words, God's thoughts and God's character. If Amen. we put our Amen. own or if we put our own Romano twist on it, now it's the, the gypsy Bible <laughs> instead of uh, <laughs> instead of the God of the universe Bible
1: so,
0: so no, it's, in, it's, in just,
1: Jeremiah chapter one Odilla Jeremiah a prophet so a prophet. A prophet is somebody who God uses. To speak through. To speak through. God literally would speak words to this person. And this person would proclaim. Amen. I think someone God tells Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you. In the womb. I knew you. And before you were born. I set you apart. I have appointed you. To be a prophet. Beautiful. Beautiful. Jeremiah goes on, Pinka, I'm too young. Make to Devo, he's trying to talk himself out of it. And Odomo Pinka, do not say that I am too young, because everywhere I send you you shall go. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Beautiful, right? Those are gorgeous words. Then God tells something to Jeremiah in chapter seven of the book of Jeremiah, and look what he says. My man, seven, chapter 7 verse 27 you shall speak all these words to them but they will not listen to you you shall call them but they will not answer you Odil Penelfer, Jeremiah. go to the people of Israel Penlinga, repent tell them to stop their idolatry tell them to stop what they're doing tell them to be a normal people tell them to love the Lord their God tell them to stop worshiping false gods, tell them to stop doing idolatry, but they're not going to listen to you. Wait, what? So what are you doing to me? The worst. This Jeremiah, listen to me, he's done. His life, for the remainder of his life, he knows, he's not just reading about God. This man is talking to God, so there's no... There's no different there's no doubt that God is real for Jeremiah he's real oh, he's talking
2: connection.
1: To... you're gonna do this you're gonna do this Jeremiah you're gonna talk tell the people to repent yeah Jeremiah I'm gonna do it but they're not gonna listen to you Shava what do you know how miserable that is you're gonna have to do this because I appointed you prophet I oh. set you apart before you were even born. And nobody's gonna listen to you. Horrible. Jeremiah is literally spinning his wheels. Just sitting there wasting time. He is literally wasting time. This man is burnt out. He's the de- and he has a valid point to be burnt out. Such as nothing he's doing in Klopas Kapogod. Pindelis go dill, Pinker. You're going to do all these things, but it doesn't matter. And you see, Jeremiah, our God told Jeremiah too about the hope, about the future. And what is the hope? The Messiah, Jesus. Jesus. Listen to me, nothing else. Nothing else matters. Jesus is the center of it all. So, this Jeremiah is just sitting there spinning his wheels. Just a waste. And it sucks. You guys got to put yourself in Jeremiah's boots, or sandals, I guess. You got to literally put yourself there and think about this. You are called, you are set apart to preach. The God who called you to preach also told you nothing you say is going to matter.
0: Yeah, imagine that. You're talking to God Almighty direct. I'm going to send you here. and I'm going to use you. But uh, you're not going to get no word of people.
1: <laughs> Horrible. Mm. The worst. Okay. So we got to okay. the point where Jeremiah, being a human, being a man, got extremely discouraged and lost hope. So he's sitting there, just think about it he's overlooking Israel, he's overlooking all the Israelites they're they're held captive by Nebuchadnezzar uh, they're held captive by, in Babylon they're all exiled, and he's looking at them, I think someone told Lamentations chapter 3 verse 14 I have become a laughing to all my people everybody They're mocking. They're making songs about me. All day. Mocking me. My soul has been rejected. From peace. Nihilist peace. I have forgotten. Happiness. He's depressed. He's ruined. There's a reason they call him the weeping prophet. And. I believe he has a valid reason. Like we talked about. That's horrible. It's horrible, guys. Imagine every day, Odilmo told uh Guys, get up in the morning, and go to work, but you're not going to make the money. <laughs> yeah. uh, <none's> gonna <laughs> <laughs> no money.
0: Yeah. None's
1: going to happen. No way.
0: Would you even want to go out that day?
1: No, but here's the difference. Jeremiah, he has to continue preaching. Oh. He has to continue, he has to be obedient. So, all hope seems lost for Jeremiah. It's so bad, it looks like there ain't going to be no Messiah. It's so bad, it looks like, how is God going to even send somebody to fix all this? There's no way, this how rough, this is how bad could be. Jeremiah, in verse 18 of Lamentations chapter 3. And this is why it's so important to read context, and it's so beautiful when you stay in the text. So I say to you, no, so I say, my strength has perished, and so has my hope in the Lord. Dari. Yek prophet, yek man of God, chaches manushle devlesku, my strength, manai manzoth, it's perished, it's gone, it's dead. And also, my hope in the Lord is perishing. Now i hope. I have no more hope. I'm falling if away. He's telling you this. This is a man of God. My hope is failing. My hope is perishing along with my strength. Forget about his physical strength, because that is only from the Lord anyways. But videsko hope. Desko His... Hope in God is perishing. But look what he says. Verse 21. Then I recall to my mind, therefore I will have hope. Something came to his mind. An attribute. A characteristic. A quality. Of God. Came to his mind. And this is why it's so important, Anthony, Stephen, listener, that you know these qualities of God. Mm -hmm. Because when you lose hope, when you're losing hope, and if you know the qualities of God, the Spirit of God will always remind you, Jesus motodiagodok. That the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will remind you. He will come to your aid and He will remind you. And I recall to my mind, therefore I will have hope. That the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ends. His compassions never fail. His mercies are made new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, O Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet in this book lost all hope. But then something happened. He remembered the quality of God that God is faithful. And if God said that He was going to send a Messiah, that He was going to take the Israelites out of captivity, out of Babylonia and give them back to their land and give them back to their peace, that He was going to do it. Why? Because great is the Lord's faithfulness. Am Amen. He is a promise. God. So very important to stay into the context. Yeah. Very important to stay into the hermeneutics the who, what, where, why is whens whims. Who was it addressed to? Where was it written? Why was it written? What does it mean? All these things, it's the most important thing you could do because the, nobody wants to study but I promise you, when you really study and you just stop with this Isa Jesus putting in, adding into you know what it means to me? It means to me that I have hope. Forget that. Forget whatever it means to you. Read it for what it really means. And remember that it's God centered. Remember that it's trying to show you. Amen. And the more you have this mindset When you open up your word When you listen to your word And you have the mindset is I want to see who God is That's when it's made alive to you Amen. That's why it's important To stay into the context Because it's written about a holy God From start to finish yeah. From start to finish I think there's what 66 Books in the Bible, yeah. over 40 authors, I think they say. And you know what's so beautiful? You know why the Bible is proven to be perfect and proven to be so well? Because even though there were 66 books and there's 40 authors over a 1600 year span, everybody stood in context, nobody added. Everybody knew that it had one purpose
0: at all points the same to reveal thing.
1: the plan of God. So, since the beginning of time till the end of time, the Bible goes perfect together because the people that God used stood in context.
2: Yeah. Oh, very good. That was good.
0: Now, thank the Lord. You brought up uh, harmonics, and I believe we kind of heard about it a little bit with Jeremiah because it's a big word. You only hear it sometimes, maybe. Forever, but hermeneutics, like Derek said, it's the study of who, what, where, why, when, how, what's going on, how are they right. feeling. This is all background, and we kind of went over it with uh, with Jeremiah, because you got the idea of what was he going through, what was his what was his path with the Lord, uh, how his relationship was, and as he's writing the letters, as he's being obedient you could get the the kind of emotions he's going through in the text and mm-hmm. how he's coming off and i wanted to ask you a couple questions about harmonuics no
1: oh, man
0: what cuz you could just read for a daily read but then when you get deep in studying you need this harmonuics that's the only way you're going to break it down hey so what are what is the advantages of it? What, what, what could it really show you?
1: I believe when you study with proper meneutics, Dick and before we even go Gucci what aboutander amount vocabulary uh, meneutics. I understand that. Dick. when I uh, started the church a couple what was it last year actually, I've been in, 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 involved in ministry for a couple years now. And I actually got a a, a degree in theology. Uh, I did an online college. I wanted to do some stuff right. And I thank the Lord for this. So we had to study a little bit on these hermeneutics, on these things. So that's why I know about it. And uh, uh, some ministers, some home ministers, such as they have PhDs. Uh, They have uh, amazing things. They went to schools. They did. And it's beautiful. But hermeneutics, it shows us how to study the Word of God. You got to understand, we're, we're not just reading the Bible. We're trying to learn about this God who said, Let there be light and form the world out of nothing. You know, there's a, a brilliant Geisel Einstein he read the Bible from front to back. And when he read it, this is the smartest man of all time. Brilliant, genius. And he read this Bible without hermeneutics, without an understanding of God. And guess what he says? Yeah, it's a good book. Good book.
0: Good good, book. good. good. Good written book.
1: Good written book. Couldn't even argue that it was a, a, a bad book. Yes. I don't know it's a good book. There's a lot going on. You understand? But the, it's amazing. I am in who, Like I just said, I have an online degree in theology. When we learn these little hermeneutics, and when we open this word, and when you open it, and you study. The word of God with these hermeneutics, which, I mean You could sum them up with these Five W's they're called Who, what Where, why And when Who was it written to Why was it written Why was it said Where was it written Who was it addressing Or what was it said or just all these things just the who what just the basic questions basic where was it written uh, all these things when you take that into effect during your study it helps you it helps you understand and get the broader view it helps you it enlightens you and it helps you get to the truth of the bible the uh, hermeneutics and exegesis go hand to hand they go hand to hand you can't have one without the other they're in the same caliber. You want to study the truth of God, you gotta study the Bible, properly.
0: Well, mm-hmm. let me let me ask you a question now, because this is, this is how I how I think the harmonics. If you try to daily read or harmonics, your your brain's gonna catch on fire. There, yeah, <laughs> there's uh, too much going on yeah, to be. Much. In that kind of deep study, every single day. I agree. The way the way I I see it is, if you're you're doing your daily read, you're reading the stories that that you like, the stories that you want to read, and and whatever. If you're on a a certain plan or whatever, how you want to read it. But if something catches your eye, if if, hey. if the Holy Spirit speaking to you on something that catches your eye, then I believe you go into the okay. Let's break this down. Let's let's bring out the the right. harmonics.
1: Let's bring it out. Exactly. It's when you are trying to bring out the deepest parts of this Bible. When you are trying to bring out more and more and more truth into your life, into your marriage, into your everything.
0: Amen. You study
1: this Bible with hermeneutics with context. Stay in context. That's it. Just stay in context. Read the text and stay in context.
2: See, hermeneutics is good to really know because it... When you guys were talking about it instantly, I thought of all Paul's letters. why was it written? who was they written to automatically I thought of first Corinthians, second Corinthians Romans, and I'm think and you know just quickly, I was thinking, okay, he wrote you know this letter for this church and why he wrote it for this reason and wow, that's sad I see, but I never looked at it like that till literally just now
1: that's the way it is
2: it. Opens up your, you know, what? opens up your mind more, your eyes more to, it's good to just know when you're reading, like, for instance, Romans, you know why this was hey. written. And that's, I liked that a lot.
1: The Romans, um, they had a lot going on, the Romans church. There was a bunch of Jewish people. See, this is the, the hermeneutics. This is context. This is, this is important to know. See, like the Roman church on Tucci in the book of Romans. Here was the problem. If you read Romans chapter 1 and ver- chapter 2, you could see this. It seems like it's being written to a Jewish audience. But isn't a Roman uh, uh, a Gentile? You understand? Mm-hmm. You see, long time ago, a lot of Jewish people were moved into Rome. And the church was with Jewish People. The church started with Jewish people. But later on, the Jewish people got kicked out of Rome. The emperor or whatever they, they had there, threw all the Jewish people out for a while. So now the church had Gentiles in it. You understand? The church began with the Greek men. Now, the Gentile. Now he's the Christ believer. And after so long later, the Jewish people were allowed to come back into Rome. So when the Jewish people come back into Rome and they see the Gentiles in the church, now it's a mixed church. Now there's Jewish people and, and Gentile people in the church. And here's the problem with that. The the, the Jewish people are telling the Gentiles, Penka, no, we got to be circumcised. And then the, the Gentiles, no, no, you don't. And Paul was addressing... The Roman nah, Church. I read because that because there was too much was conflict d- going debate
0: on. Debate going on.
1: There was too much debate. And he so said you, a See, that's true why. Jew. A why, like yeah. you said, you understand? Uh, this is why. Uh, why was it written in the hermeneutics You could understand this now. You can get this idea. It's important to know these little things. Uh, and the, you don't have to be a theologian to obtain salvation. No, I'm not saying that. But when you're serious about the study of God, you do these things.
2: Amen.
0: Now, we are on our last question. And this is a little bit of a hard one, to be honest. Me and Stephen was talking about it earlier. But parables, right? Jesus used a lot of parables. So what would be kind of the best way to look up a context for a parable, because the water. Oh, keep going, Stephen. They're they're known as stories that are either made up or tell them. But they always have a point across them. But how would we look up the actual context for a parable that Jesus says? Prodigal son is a parable.
1: Prodigal son is a parable. That's right. So uh, Matthew thirteen ten, I think. Let me. Give me a second. Let me go to a scripture right quick.
2: There's actually a lot of parables when you think about it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, there is.
2: There's the farmers where he gave them all the day's wages. It's a parable.
1: Okay. Here's what it says. Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 10. And it says, that Jesus goes and he was talking in parables talking in parables. So the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them, to the listeners, to the people in parables? And Jesus answered the disciples and he says, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance But whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on listening, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull with their ears scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes otherwise they would see with their eyes hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return I would heal them. Some people couldn't get it. Some people just couldn't understand. Now parables are a beautiful thing. A uh, parable all it is is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's all it is. Now, when you read this, you see Jesus tells the disciples, "Pinker, they just—they can't hear it. They harden their hearts." So, okay, John chapter three. Well, Jesus for Nicodemus, Pinker. You must be born again. Pinker didn't get it. Pinker, but uh, lacrea Oh, Nicodemus, Pinker, how am I, Pinker, surely I cannot go back in my mother's womb because I am an old man. Oh, Jesus, Pinker, you don't understand earthly things. How are you going to understand heavenly things? You see, guys, we are surrounded by earthly things. We don't understand what's going on in our own world. How are we going to understand? So that's one way to look at it. Uh, All right. and, and I hope that answered some you know, questions.
0: I'm going to hit you with a weird one. All right. One of my favorite parables in the Bible is in the Old Testament. Which one? Okay. God sends Nathan the prophet to go rebuke David.
1: Right.
0: Okay. And he says that so really
1: happened though. That wasn't a parable, was it?
0: He tells a story.
1: Yeah. He yeah. he goes yeah, yeah. he
0: goes to David and he says, "Look, uh, this poor man. He all he had was a little lamb. And uh, king's friend came in town. He stole the man's lamb, killed it, and offered it to his friend as uh, as a feast." And David instantly he thought, All oh, right, yes. this man is dead, I'm gonna because kill him this no. no. alright. No. But then Nathan said, David, you are the man yes, and,
1: because, uh, they are two sons.
0: and then it hit him to his core. It hit that parable worked on him a hundred percent. It hit him to to his core because he, he had to hear that story to realize what was going on in his life. And look how God uses it because it's a story of what? A lamb, right? What what the David grew up doing? He was tending the flock. Separately. So when Nathan goes and tells him the story, it catches David's ear. Let me hear about this going on with the lamb. God used parables to catch people's ears, but there's a deeper meaning behind it. There's, a, it. there's a spiritual meaning behind it. And every, this is what I believe, if you look it up Every parable, there was all, always a different kind of crowd. That's right. There was always a different kind of crowd. And you can kind of look where Jesus was going depending on what kind of crowd was there. If Amen. there was rich people there, he would talk about a feast. If there was, do you understand, there was there
1: was different Amen. parables. They had that on. They that on. To understand. Uh, Anthony, perfect example. The disciples think that the kingdom of heaven could be like a net a fisherman who casts his net and catches a bunch of fish. And he brings it back to shore. And they separate the good fish and the bad fish out of the net. Beautiful. Then he goes to the Pharisees. And the Bible says that Jesus was telling them, Pinko, there was once a vine owner, a vineyard owner. He owns the vineyard. Hi, Pinko. He would send one of his employees Prophets to go and check up on the field. They killed them, the, the workers yes. in the field. So he sent another one, none of the workers. Prophets and the people killed them. That's what they did to the prophets. They really did kill them. Then eventually, Pinko, then the vine, the vineyard owner said, Pinko, I will send them my son. Surely they will respect my son. And then the people who work in the field, Pinko, oh, that's the, the heir of the vineyard let's kill him so it could be all of ours and they killed the son of god jesus you understand and then the pharisees they understood that jesus was talking about them and they they got mad at jesus and they were starting to, to grumble and they were starting to attack jesus they recognized that he was talking about them so parables are great parables are fantastic I, I think they're used today.
0: They're full of context. Really. Yes. If if you apply the tools we talked about, you can you could see the meaning, right? That's right. Right there how he's saying it.
1: So. I'll give you a perfect example of a parable right now. And we'll stay in context. Famous verse, and I always say this every time I quote this verse, it's on the bottom of an in and out milkshake cup. Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5. And it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. With all of your heart, trust in the Lord. That means completely. That means with no doubt. You see, Stephen, I'm going to use you. Go it. We buy and sell cars of the both of us. I know you you know me if I call you I pin off to Steven I found this truck so-and-so so-and-so truck so-and-so miles it's a diesel all right Steven I'm running a little short on money I need 5,000 it's about a $15,000 truck now since we're in the same business it's a no-brainer. But here's the problem. You'll give me the money. You'll trust me with the money in this sense. You know I'm not going to steal your money. But it's a little hard to take this money without you being here in Seattle. Why? look at the truck. To look at the truck. Not that I'm going to steal you. But because my eyes and your eyes are not the same. Don't trust my eyes. Let's get to the... You trust me that I'm not going to steal you, but my nice could be junk to you. Yeah. Now, there's a sharo that I've been working with for many years. For probably four years straight, we've been working. And we've been working every day for four years straight. And it got to the point where we would buy cars all the time. It didn't, if I bought a car today and I was a thousand miles away, by the time I brought it back home, we're partners. It. it doesn't matter. We're partners in everything we do. Okay? There was times I didn't have any money and I would call him and I would say, Hey, I need $4,000. Okay? Uh, I'm not at home right now, but go home. I to the so-and-so. me There was no questions about it. There was no if-ends and buts about it. He trusts me that I'm not going to steal him the same way you trust me that I'm not going to steal you, Stephen. But he also trusts my eyes. He trusts my instinct. He knows that if the car is junk, and if there's profit in it, he could trust me in it. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because we spent quality time together.
0: He knows your character.
1: I know his character, he knows my character. So he trusts me completely with all his heart. Had Perfect example of a parable. Now this same man that I'm talking about once or twice gave me money to buy a truck that when I brought it back home and he wasn't with me, he looked at me like this, Pinka. So king I go look it, I know. Give me a couple of days I'll make it What it needs to be And I promise you They're worth money They're bringing money on eBay You understand? He goes You know what? Alright, whatever I know what you're able to do I know what you're capable There was times That he kind of Doubted me You understand? But he also knew What I was able To do You see There's sometimes Things Don't make sense To me or to you Divasukhadas you understand? It makes no sense, Lord, but I know what you're able to do. You understand? 100%. You get that? Do you see that? So it's very important, I Aminga, mean, the Janasa Mare Devris, the de to study the Word of God with context, with hermeneutics, with these parables, with all these things. Why? Because it helps us to obey the command that God has given us in Proverbs 3, which is to Mm -hmm. trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Me and uh, Pastor B was talking today. We call him Coach B. (laughs) So I was talking to him today, and he was praying with me while I was on my way to Spokane. And we were talking about knowing God, how that needs to be the message, that it needs to be the message. The Bible says, and it was fantastic because we were both talking about Proverbs 3 today, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How can I trust in this God for my salvation when I don't know Him? When I don't know Him? So it's very important to know this God, to study this God. Because the more you study this God, listener, the more you know this God, the more you could obey God and trusting in Him, not only for your family, not only for your finances, not only for your protection, but for the greatest thing of all, through salvation.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: amen. Now I have a headache. I've read so much without glasses. (laughs)
2: One of my favorite podcasts that we've done so far well thank
1: the Lord uh it was such an honor to uh, be on here with you guys uh let's give a, a moment uh for the listeners let's pray with them real quick and uh let's uh let's pray with them amen amen Mugodil we just want to take a second and tell you thank you Father, if you've given me all the time in the world, I would not be able to tell you thank you enough for what you've done for us on that cross, for what you're doing for us today, and for what you're going to do for us. Muhudil Chachis, you've given us such beautiful Ways to spread the word technology I can't even I can't even put my mind around it and you've given us the opportunity to reach other cities other people, other countries and to hear your word so Lord I want to pray for all the listeners today that you would Give them a heart that responds to your word. That you would open up their ears to hear your word, and that you would open their eyes, that they may see your glorious Son in your word. Father, give us all a zeal, a desire, a passion to pursue the study of who you are. In Jesus' name
0: amen amen, amen man. Derek it was a pleasure having you on Stephen before we close do you want to bring up our sponsor that we never got paid from but it's all right
2: <laughs> sure anybody dealing with uh, depression addiction suicidal thoughts call the number 888 set free break your chains today but no guys if anyone really needs prayer, it's private. We they don't even get your number. None of the pastors have your guys' numbers or anything. It's private. It's just between you and him. You don't even have to say your name. It's confidential. And uh they pray and minister for you. And also if you need any rehabs, we have that available too. Uh oh, I guess we got one more announcement. Uh Pastor Derek over here has a YouTube channel. He posts his Everything that he shares goes up to what is it? YouTube, Apple Music, and uh,
1: some kind of podcast website. Otterbaker, YouTube, uh, and Apple Podcast, and yeah. Spotify too. We're gonna
2: you have guys, all the links in the description. He's mm-hmm. been he's been on the attributes of God, the character of God. He, I've been watching them, and he's been sharing it with me. And I'm telling you guys, if you guys get into this series that he's in and just watch these videos. It's a true blessing, so uh, we'll link his uh, Instagram and everything, and I'm pretty sure the YouTube's in your bio, right? Yes. Yeah. I encourage everybody yeah. to click the link in his bio, the Lord will really use it for you guys.
1: On our church Instagram is the podcast website, on Instagram it's AIC.Tacoma, like the city, and then in the bio is the actual Sprecher or whatever, the podcast yeah. thing. And there's like 30, 40 messages on there or something. So
2: so I encourage uh,
1: all our viewers and listeners
2: to really get into that and listen to uh, what the Lord revealed to him, what the Lord shared with him. It's amazing stuff, guys. Gentlemen,
1: I got to tell you, your guys' podcast is amazing. And I pray that the Lord would ordain it and that he would use it for his glory In Jesus' name, because I think it's a beautiful thing you guys are doing. God bless
0: you. So, with that, stay tuned. Uh, We got more guest speakers coming up. And hopefully, if Derek, you'll be back on, we can have you back too for another topic. God
1: bless you. God bless you guys
0: for watching. And we are out. God bless.